2016. This is interviews, music reviews, and more. This is, this is The Hotter Show. What is up, everybody? We're rolling audio here today in episode 338 of The Hotter Show. I hope you guys are doing absolutely fantastic. Thank you so very much for tuning in and clicking that play button. On today's episode of the podcast, I have a kick-ass episode for you here today, and I try to every single week right here on The Hotter Show. I am sitting down with Vincent B. Davis, who is the creator, producer, sound designer, writer, and one of the voice talents of the fantastic horror audio drama Out of the Ashes. And we cover a ton of ground, ranging from his love of horror and where it began, the inspiration behind Out of the Ashes, and how he initially wrote it as what he thought would be a movie, but how he made the transition into turning it into a audio drama podcast, some fun stories from his upbringing, and also the journey that he's been on with this podcast. We had such a blast, and I really hope that you guys enjoy this because it was great getting to pick his mind. I have a lot of respect for him as a creator, and we had some genuinely really funny little moments as well in this uh, in this conversation, so I hope that you guys enjoy it. I know I did, but before we jump into my chat with Vincent B. Davis from Out of the Ashes, I want to thank everybody for their support on last week's episode of the show, in which I did another edition of Ask Hot or Anything. Always fun getting to do those. And if you would like to submit a question for the next edition of Ask Hot or Anything, hit me up on social media or email me, thehottershow at gmail.com, and I will make sure that your question gets on the next edition of Ask Hot or Anything, because they're always fun to do. And I hope that you guys enjoyed it, just like I hope you enjoy my chat with Vincent B. Davis, creator, producer, sound designer, writer, and voice talent of Out of the Ashes. Let's get into it. What if everything you thought about the world was turned upside down? Monsters are real, the shadows can hurt you, and magic is everywhere. Out of the Ashes is a horror audio drama podcast that explores the world through the experiences of a group that must learn to navigate this new world or be lost to it. And I am joined today by the creator, producer, director, and voice talent of Out of the Ashes, Vincent B. Davis. Vincent, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, what's going on? How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I'm glad we were able to uh, to link up, man, because I, I've been following out of the ashes now for like basically since you launched. So it's it's fun to be able to get, sit down and have a chat with you. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, you know, it's it's we we wanted to do it way before then, yeah. and then it was like ah, oh, just times did not match up right. So yeah, it's good to finally link up, man. Yeah, for <laughs> sure, for sure, and yeah. it's it's cool because as much as I love talking with people in like the very early days of a podcast or of a project, it's cool. Now, like you have some time in you, you're well in the season two. Yeah. So it's cool that we can link up now, man. But uh, first and foremost, just to kind of jump in head first here, obviously I want to, we have a ton of ground to cover. I want to talk to you about obviously the podcast and the premise yeah. of it. Cause it's such a cool show just even based off that little blurb uh, that I, I said here, but, Talking about the world of horror, being on mm. the horror audio drama podcast genre, what got you started with horror in general? Uh, you know what? There was I can't remember this movie that I watched that uh, I was like super entranced in. One day it was uh, it was like a snow day, and this horror movie came on, and uh, all of a sudden there was this 
woman that transformed into a giant spider. And uh, it was it was the weirdest thing I ever watched. And like my brothers didn't want to watch it because uh, they they were just kind of like scared of the whole thing because we were younger at the time. And uh, from then on, I was just really interested in like the whole horror genre because I feel like it's uh, it's one of the, the hardest genres to make a good movie in. And uh, I, I enjoy that that um aspect of it the fact that it it takes like creativity because when you think of like the horror movie genre it's it's hard to kind of think about how to be unique everybody's going to try to do the whole ghost story or like someone's possessed or something like that uh yeah so that that's pretty much what got me into it i i guess it was the 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 imagination, the fact that I could like really try to think of something and change it, but also the challenge, the the challenge of what I was just saying, you know, trying to be unique and figure something new. That's what's so fun about the, the horror world. And that's something that it's why I think I have such a profound respect for the genre, not only in like to be brutally honest with you, I was never a big horror guy with movies. I'm more of yeah. a drama okay uh, horror world but you're totally right i think you hit the nail on the head with it's really easy to make a bad horror movie yeah right yeah. it's like a whole genre like the beer yeah. or whatever but making a really good one that just scares the shit out of you especially when you're younger i think that is yeah there's a serious art form to that uh by the way uh, was that movie called curse of the black widow by chance does that ring a bell Yes. Person yes. 1977 TV movie. Does that sound? Does that yes. Sound? Yeah. Okay. That's it. That's it right there. I couldn't remember the name of that. Yeah. I just had, <laughs> I had the second you were saying that our private detective <laughs> named Mark something or others on the trail of a murderer. Who's uh, blah, 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 blah. yeah. She turns into a giant black widow and kills people. Yes. Cool. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, what is going on here? But then uh, like after like five minutes, it just like caught my attention and I just sit there and watch the whole thing. So you were never like, you never had that moment where you were like, I can't watch this. It's too scary. You just right away no. were entranced, eh? Yes. Yes. That's yep. awesome. As soon as I saw it, yep. <laughs> how, how, were you like really young or? Um, not really young. I, I think I might've been at that point in time, I'm, I think I was 12. Okay. Either 11 so, or 12. Okay. Yeah, so. see, I, th I think my introduction to horror was when I was a little younger. So I think that's yeah. why it threw me off. Oh, but okay. <laughs> now, you didn't have like nightmares or anything about like this crazy giant spider eating you or anything like that. No, eh? you, just, you know no. what? Um, I haven't I, – I never really had – too many like scary nightmares the only time i ever really had nightmares where i was really scared was when i was younger and we were living in a certain house and at that time in that house every nightmare i had scared the shit out of me and um as soon as we moved out of there i got a little older and like uh I, like the nightmares didn't really affect me too much anymore. Now, whenever I have like a, a dream that would be considered a nightmare, uh, I actually, for some reason, have like so much fun in the dream. So like I recently had a dream where um, I was with like some friends and family. We were running through a town and uh, we were running from vampires through the town at night. And uh you know, we, we had to get to a certain, to an apartment building and, um, 
everybody's screaming. We're like shooting as we're going down this town. And then when I wake up, like there's a lot more in it. But when I wake up, I was like, God, that was fucking fun. I want to see that. <laughs> That's that's a, a different kind of person, right? Exactly, <laughs> right. <laughs> that almost sounds like the premise for a, an episode about the ashes. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> You're probably like, hmm, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna write that down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, it's crazy because a lot of the, um, well, the 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 ending to Out of the Ashes, I already have the ending to the series, and that's actually the dream that I had, and everything else kind of like fills in the blanks. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Definitely want to dive into that with you, but just to go back for a second, you, yeah. you kind of glossed over something I wanted to ask about. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. That you mentioned that there was a house that you were in, and you had like really brutal nightmares while you were living there. Yeah. Was there anything else that happened in that house that was a little strange or was it just the nightmares um i'm not sure if anything else happened there the only thing it didn't happen in the house but i know that um the owner of the house died while we were renting it so that was the only thing but it didn't happen in there uh but other than that it was just really the nightmares like some of the nightmares i had while i was there some of them involved like my mom like i thought i saw her walking down the hallway but her stride was so clean that it looked like she was gliding and so uh that scared me because like when i tried to walk down the the hallway because i was on one end of the hallway her room was on the other end when i tried to walk down there the hallway just got like infinitely long and there was no way for me to get down there. And then all of a sudden I found myself in the kitchen and she was down there doing dishes. And uh, when I walked up to her, she turned around and grabbed my shoulders and it felt like she just electrocuted me. And then I woke up and it was and like I was when I woke up, I was sweating just yeah. all down my body. <laughs> That's if that's the caliber of nightmare you were having in that house, there was definitely some, uh, yeah, yeah, some weird energy in that. Exactly. Are, you a, are you a true believer in things of that nature of the paranormal? I am, that, uh, I am actually. My uh, my wife and I we have a, a podcast where we talk about those things and oh, we cool. do like investigations for those things, so yeah, right on. What, what's the podcast? Um, The Daily Empath. Daily empath. Yeah, cool. so she she's an empath, and I really uh, wanted to make it for her to have like an outlet to talk about certain things, but she wanted me to do it with her to, you know, bring another perspective and talk about the the paranormal. And because you know I, I've done a lot of research into it, so we talk about the paranormal and uh, cryptids and fairies and everything else in between. So. That's badass. It's it's fun the things you learn, right? When you're yeah. when you're just talking it's like I'm like that sounds like right up my alley. I will definitely have to check that out. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. But to go back for a minute to uh, to horror movies and things like that, um, did you have any that were like that you can say are like favorites of yours that really like made you want to like? I'm assuming at one point being that you're obviously a very creative guy, and I know the yeah. history of Out of the Ashes, which we'll get into in a moment, but was there any that you were like, okay, I want to pursue this. Like, this is like next level type of horror movies for you. Oh man. Uh, that's a tough question. Cause there's so many of them. Uh, I guess. So for one, uh, I know 
one thing that kind of influenced me was Ghostbusters because I love the fact that there was like some serious moments in there, but they also was like comedic. So I, I always try to put like a little bit of like lighthearted comedy into the show. Uh, and there are certain times uh, more recently, I guess, well, not that recent, but 1408. I tried to kind of um, add some elements of like just like some mind fucks in there to, uh, to you know, just kind of make it seem like a psychological thing in some ways. Uh, goodness, what else was there? Uh, oh, there's a movie that I recently watched, but it's a little older, but uh, it was called uh, The Monster Project. And uh, these guys tried to... they're making a movie trying to ask for real life monsters and they're uh going to record and talk to them and document like a documentary type thing but uh little do they know they are actually real and they get caught in this house with a vampire a werewolf and someone who's actually possessed by a demon and so they're stuck in there and that was actually one of the ideas that i kind of had for um the episode in season two, Get Out. So the two episodes for season two called Get Out. So yeah, I just looked up the the uh, the IMDb for that because I was curious. I'd never heard of it, and the picture I just saw just scared the shit out of me. <laughs> so and now the video I'm watching is terrifying. Yeah, that looks like a really interesting movie, and it's it was. It is really good and it's, it flies under the radar, but like it, it's like a really interesting movie. Yeah. It, it's not yeah. very highly rated, but like it, it no. sounds really good. Yes, yes. I thought it was really interesting. Um, I, I would think it's not probably, it's probably not highly rated because uh, of the whole, oh, we're going to make a documentary movie type thing. So since it's overdone, but the, the premise of it for me and, uh, and it was done actually rather well, I feel like, so it was okay. That's awesome. When it's cool, because like, just to talk about it for a second, um, with Out of the Ashes, originally you had written kind of this idea of for this concept was to be a film correct yes yes so the the first idea that i came up with like i said i wrote the the ending of it and that was actually going to be used it was used to um apply for a scholarship uh for college and uh so i wrote that and put it out there but then after the whole scholarship thing was done I was really interested in it and I wanted to kind of keep it going. So I, I did write like a, a little script for it for a screenplay and uh, it didn't really go anywhere. It was just kind of like sitting there. And uh, then I kind of just forgot about it because, you know, adulting came up out of nowhere and just hit me and then it got in the back burner. So then uh, my mom uh, probably about two years ago, brought down a box full of like a bunch of stuff. And she was like, here, I found this in the attic. And uh, I started going through it when I got home. And there was a bunch of stuff in there, like tap shoes and all this other stuff and a notebook. So I started going through the notebooks and I actually came across like the script that I was writing for the, the first draft before I typed it up. And uh, then I was like, oh, yeah, no, I, I could actually do this again. And so it, then it sat there for another couple months. And then I was like, oh, no, nah, you know what? I got time. Let me start working on it. 
So I pulled that out and started typing it up. And uh, yeah, and at first, again, it was going to be another screenplay. But then I um, started listening to audio dramas and I was like, oh, this would be a lot easier to do other than, you know, trying to, you know, shop a script out there and all that. And, you know, it's actually people out there who are selling, you know, audio drama scripts and all that. So that's that's how that really started with that one. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's how that started. So <laughs> that's, all, that's awesome, though. Uh, real quick, I got to go back for a second. You said there were some tap shoes in that box. Were yeah. Yeah. We, 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 did you do any dancing back in the day or? I did, yeah. So uh, I actually got into dancing because of my little sister. And so uh, she started balleting. And I was like, oh, you know what? I've actually always wanted to learn tap. So uh, she, I went to the same school that she went to. And I started learning tap and uh, did that for a couple years. And then I went away to college and then just kind of like didn't get back into it. But uh, I, I did get back into it uh, last year. Uh, was doing online classes and now I'm actually back in a studio. Right. Oh, that's badass. Yeah. That's, it's one of those things. Like I, I have such a profound respect for people who do dancing of any kind. Like I know some people yeah. are like, Oh, tap dancing is like, bro. I'm like, yo, tap dancing <laughs> is badass. That takes yeah. coordination yeah. and yeah. like, it's so it cool. Rhythm. And yeah, yeah. that's bad. That's actually bad. <laughs> so are we going to see some tap dancing and out of the ashes in the future? Or oh man. I don't know. about that. <laughs> Come across you like a tap dancing monster or something. Somebody said something to me about a musical episode and I was like, uh, you know what? I, I might actually pull that out maybe in like season four because they found out that I did musicals too. So I was like, I, I might pull that out in season four. We'll see. That's bad. Come on. I want to hear like a solo from like David, just like he's like off by himself singing something like yeah. <laughs> Just oh, like, what's yeah. he doing? Just leave him alone. Just let yep, him. Yep. Just let him have it. <laughs> and he can have a tap dancing solo. Come on, man! Yeah. It writes itself. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, oh we'll man, see. that's that's fantastic. <laughs> but as far as so as far as the actual premise of Out of the Ashes, obviously, like a little earlier, I kind of gave the general synopsis. But where did the concept for Out of the Ashes come from? Where did you kind of? pull that out from aside from obviously like you mentioned that you you've been mentioning this dream yeah um so besides the dream uh so i i, I did start with the dream and uh everything else kind of fills stuff in and pretty much the the fillers is uh me taking things that actually well actually happened i guess uh so um, myths, lore, uh, legends, everything that has been told in a story form throughout the history of the world and making it so that there the truth of it kind of comes out in a way. Uh, so when all this stuff happens, and we're all thinking that it's really just, you know, some natural phenomenon. Nobody can explain it, but there's some way to explain it. But then as we start going through the the shadows and the darkness and we start learning a bunch of stuff, and we start learning about the true history of the world and uh, the true 
the truth about all of the lures and the myths that we've been hearing about and how, you know, it's true. And there's this super darker side that we have to now contend with and try to coexist with. And I think what immediately drew me as a legit fan to your show was the concept. I think my favorite aspect of horror Mm. is this very simple statement of saying that nine times out of 10, the real monsters are human. Oh yeah. Right. That's, I love, I'm obsessed with that kind of stuff. I don't know why I'm just like, it's like holding up a mirror to the the negativity of, of society, right? Like the evil part of society. Mm. Whereas really like the, the catalyst of what started this whole, you know, I mean, I don't want to sit here and give talk about the whole premise of your show when you're yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously do it better than me. But, you know, obviously with this secret government uh, project Tempest is what really was the catalyst for all this happening. Just just quickly for anyone who maybe hasn't listened to the show, g- give us like just like a quick little general synopsis of what that event was. So uh, it's, it's called Project Tempestus and it's actually Tempestus is the the greek god of weather and like storms so they they named the project off of that and because uh the project is based off of the conspiracy theory that the united states air force was making was uh had a project called project harp that was they officially meant to look at you know, different things in the stratosphere and all the other stuff. But uh, conspiracy theorists were pretty much saying that it was meant to try to control the weather or to use to weaponize uh, natural phenomenon. And so I pretty much just took that idea of it and, like I said, called it Project Tempestus. And so they tried to bring this project online and little do they know that you know the um the super volcano under yellowstone erupts and they lose control of this and uh it actually so but the eruption because you know scientists will say that the yellowstone volcano won't erupt within like a thousand years or something like that we actually learned that it was supernatural means that, you know, the super volcano did erupt and, you know, that it was like perfect timing that they tried to do this project. And it was perfect timing for, you know, them to try to resurrect whoever they needed to and stuff like that. So. That's awesome. And it's, again, I go back to what I said earlier, where it's like the real monsters in this story were, mm-hmm the evil yeah. government who you know did yeah. this project even though they were told not to yeah you know yep. so and they then, were warned yeah they were, they warned, were warned by warned. Nessa, dr vanessa walters that hey we shouldn't be doing this they got to stop and you know they wanted to keep going and it's funny the line that you just said uh you know sometimes the 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 real monsters are humans uh in the season finale of this season that was actually one of the lines that uh watts tower used uh before they went on to roanoke island that's awesome. I'm I'm super excited because like like I mentioned here earlier, I'm unfortunately a little behind. I was and I yeah. wanted to go back and re-listen to a lot of it just so I could yeah, yeah. make sure we could kind of hype up the show without giving too much away about it because I want people to go back and listen. And it is oh, yeah. very much worth it, folks, to go back and listen to the prologue because it was badass before, but you did a bunch of kind of 
new production and things of that yeah. nature with the prologue. So it's even it's even better now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, I, I felt like I needed to. Uh because like I said, the when I first did it, it was a screenplay. And so I kind of thought the I could do the audio drama and it would be okay, but I didn't realize the the difference between audio drama and screenplay. And so like when I when I did it, the there was a lot of things, especially in like the script and stuff like that, where I didn't really understand the nuances that go into it as far as like descriptions and stuff like that. Because, you know, in a visual thing, you don't need to say too much more because you can see it. It's right there. And so um, when I actually listened to the, the prologue again, I was like, okay, yeah, some of this stuff needs to be described a little bit more. So I, I kind of wanted to make sure I did that to give it to do justice to the whole thing. So, Yeah, definitely. It's like one of the most recent episodes I listened to trapped, um, like, Again, I don't want to give away too much, but there's yeah, yeah. this these terrifying creatures that they encounter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's a description of them that you give that's it's perfect because it's still vague enough. Yeah. That, like I could paint the picture in my own mind, right? Which is something yeah. that's so fun for audio dramas is because it's the theater of the mind, right? Yeah. You can give this description and the sound of them using their echolocation or what, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm picturing these things in my mind, whereas someone else could picture them a totally different way. But because of the description you gave, it was just enough. Yeah. You don't yeah. over explain things, but it's, <laughs> that, it's, it's that fine balance. Whereas again, like I said, with, with a visual, like you don't have to be like, Oh no, this monster's coming towards me. Yeah. He's about uh, seven feet tall. And, Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you don't have to give that description, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that I feel like that's how I, I definitely evolved when it comes to like the writing of the script and learning how that all works to, you know, paint the picture enough so that you, like you said, can can like understand what's going on without actually feeling like I'm narrating it for you. Right. That's the that's something that sets a lot of audio dramas apart, like ones yeah. that are like really good and creative but then ones that are like that next level where it's like this mm -hmm. is just like an actual like play audio drama yeah. right that's yep. the difference is am i just narrating and that was something cool that you did with the prologue where when you're you know the the character of uh of, of david like he's like telling you these stories but you're still getting the oh, actual yeah. like yeah, yeah. i thought yeah. that was really really cool i, I can't remember yeah. if it was like that the first time i listened through it maybe wasn't. It, no, it wasn't yeah, okay it wasn't. i thought that, that was, was really cool additions. how you did that yeah <laughs> yeah that was one of the additions to like get you into the zone of what you're about to hear and keep it going uh and it actually all of it actually ties in so like the the trailer actually ties into that and then continues on after that. Uh, so every once in a while, you'll hear David tell like a little story uh, before you actually get into the episode. And then from this point on, you'll hear different people telling the story before you actually get into the story as well. So, Right. Because you're, you're not just doing this like hey here's an episode where it's like a, a creature feature or whatever like yeah. that it's like you have this whole world that you've built in this mm -hmm. whole universe with these characters that all have their own story 
And yeah. that's something that we do, of course, explore in the prologue. But then also now as time is going on, we're learning more and more about these characters, which really at the end of the day, with a, a with a show like Out of the Ashes, like as much as it's this awesome world you're building, the the characters are what really like you care about these characters and their survival, right? That's kind yeah. of the the idea behind. It. So walk me through just a, 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 some of the main characters of Out of the Ashes. Uh, so I guess we yeah we'll start with David. So David is uh, one of the main characters. He's the father of Izzy and uh, husband of Lena, and pretty much. With him, there's this mystery behind him uh, that nobody can pretty much seem to solve. Uh, you know, we find out, especially in the the season two season finale, about like some skill that he has. Like you said, I don't want to get too much, give too much away, but we find out about a skill that he has that he didn't know that he had, and that technically. Uh, we find out that he shouldn't have. And so he becomes even more of a mystery to uh, Arena. And um, so Arena is uh, one of the, a witch and she's uh, super older. She's 2000 plus years old. And we find she is attracted to uh, David, not in like a, a, a romantic sense, but she is trying to figure out that mystery behind David. Uh, but at the same time with everything that's going on and uh, knowing what's coming, there's the, the coming war that's coming up. She is now on a mission to gather these keys to make sure that the person that they, that was locked away doesn't get resurrected or released. Uh, then you have uh, David's, like I said, David's wife, Lena. Uh, she actually, everybody, so everybody in the group has a, a story, like you said, and a past. So with Lena, there's actually something within her too that's a mystery. And we don't really know what that is uh, until later, but um, she doesn't even know what it is and it won't be awakened until, you know, later on when said person is has some kind of impact. Uh, and then Izzy, the daughter, she has a culmination of David and Lena's uh, uh, mystery. So she becomes even more of a mystery and she goes through some things to try to figure that out. And then, of course, Tanya uh you find out that she's the the daughter of like the the lead the the queen of the coven of the grand coven and she has to do like a self-discovery thing because she's kind of running away from who she's meant to be and she needs to kind of like figure out what it is that she wants to do through in her life but you know, she's had like 1500 years to do such things. So, <laughs> you know, she's still kind of working through that. Uh, she has her best friend who was her cameraman, Luther. Um, even he has a past that he's working through and it actually is going to impact his relationship with Tanya, the story behind him. Uh, then there's the, the military personnel, uh, Captain Scott, he has, like I said, he has a history. He doesn't know this lineage that he has yet, though. So when his lineage comes up, that's going to be a real shocker. Um, 
uh, Dr. Vanessa Walters, we've already seen her her mystery as the fact that she is a um, she's a medium and she can channel spirits. Uh, but that pays that plays an even bigger role later on down the road. And um, then you got the sergeant who plays a, a huge role. He like I said, everybody has a, a lineage or a past, you know, for him, it's something huge as well. And uh, oh yeah, David's friend Chris, uh, he has this this weird lineage that he doesn't know about either. So everybody does like everybody doesn't know about their lineage or their history. And his comes up, and he learns about you know his past and you know what he can do and how what he can bring to this this coming war if they if they if they're forced to fight it. So even just running through all that, like there's so much to each of these characters that yeah. at first it's like, I just appreciated them as characters. Cause it's like, Oh, like these are like, especially, especially David, right? Like it's yeah. like, I always thought, well, what, well, what, what's up with this guy? Cause like he clearly has like, he's been preparing for this. Right. So it's yeah. like, but there's more to it than that. It's like, I, like, what's going on with yeah, this guy? Yeah. Like, so, so he was, you know, he was like a doomsday prepper during yeah. this, uh, before all of this happened. And so he was actually preparing for this type of stuff. And like, uh, you'll, you'll hear about this later when, um, him and his wife have a talk. Like, they, he was, his wife always looked at him like he was crazy. Like, <laughs> why are we doing this? And so, um, yeah, before all this, he was actually he he's got one like there was the one site uh, right under his house. Then he had another site that he he bought and did something with, and uh, he actually has two more sites that we'll get on with later. And um, each one they have to they have to vacate for certain reasons, and then they have to start going to uh, different places to meet up and do start certain things. But yeah, he was a, he was a doomsday prepper before this, and Chris was kind of like a helper for him during this whole time. And Chris and Izzy, Izzy really uh, took to her her dad's plans and wanted to help with all of this. Yeah. Whereas now it doesn't seem that uh, that crazy, right? Like, it's, yeah, it's not- nah, yeah. <laughs> now, now everything's all good. It was like, oh, this makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yup. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. that's that's fantastic. Well, um, something I wanted to ask about while you were talking um, about these characters and that, obviously, another big part of Out of the Ashes that again drew me in was these fantastic. Well, depending on who you ask, fantastic monsters yeah. and creatures and entities that they encounter. Walk us through kind of some of the some of the entities and creatures and monsters that they that they come across. Yeah. Um... So the first one I really love uh, is so like we don't really encounter it so much. You just kind of like hear about it when David is talking and that's the uh, the Nuckalavy. And um, during this time, he just kind of like says, oh, uh, I got to get off because it, it's found us uh, because it's raining. So the, the Nuckalavy is actually a... A, a terrifying creature. So it, it has no skin and it's a horse and it looks like a person riding the horse and the arms are like super long and it comes out of the water. Uh, 
and it it really can't walk too much on land but uh i kind of added the element of like if it's raining since there's water coming down then it it is able to go further away from the water than it normally can and so the the idea that i had for it is that we somehow pissed it off and now it's kind of like hunting us and uh every time it comes from the water it it kind of like tries to catch our scent and and come after us uh so there's there's that and then of course there i i wanted to kind of like bring in werewolves and vampires first but then uh i i touched on the idea of ghouls and um normally when people hear about ghouls it's like a uh i guess like a half dead type of humanoid creature and i wanted to try to everything that i kind of was doing i i was kind of thinking okay well what if it's this way instead of this way so i i wanted to kind of do the same thing with the ghouls i wanted to make it so that they aren't really half dead. They're just kind of like uh, a different breed. They they resemble somewhat being half dead, but really they just um, hide in like dark spaces and they've adapted to that. So there's uh, those were pretty much the the main creatures that we've been running through until you get to the the season finale where you know they they just wind up having to fight off like one of the the deadliest things they've ever ran into as of yet so that's freaking terrifying while while you were talking i i looked up the uh the knuckle because i never heard of it until your podcast uh, and i mean it's it's terrifying but it's funny because are, are you familiar with scp at all by yes. chance so yes. Are you familiar with the or- Arcadian Horseman? No. So the Orcadian or- or- Horseman is a – it's an SCP object, and I didn't know this, but the Orcadian Horseman, it's SCP-3456, is based off of Nuckalavy. Oh, so just, okay. I didn't know that it was <laughs> – the Orcadian Horseman was based off anything. It's literally the exact same – thing that just oh, sorry that just okay. blew my mind i was like yeah, whoa yeah. like <laughs> but the thing is is the arcadian horsemen apparently can't cross water so that's kind of uh, weird that they, they change that they and, change and, that on real yeah, yeah i was gonna say what the way. hell just when you were talking i was like wait wait a minute what like that, that doesn't make any sense yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious anyway i just wanted to point that out um but that's that's awesome like there's so many cool creatures that they encounter and just even like there's like the spirits that they encounter first and like obviously like you know the first thing they really encounter is like the werewolves i guess and like that's you gotta have the classic stuff in there but even having something like the nicolavi which again he just mentions it casually oh yeah he he found this so we gotta leave and i was like (laughs) what is that and why are they leaving because it has to be really oh he found it found this because it's raining and i was like that's fucking terrifying. Like, what, what do you mean? It found you because uh, you were yeah. like. And um, as time goes on, eventually it, it's going to find us. Eventually, later on down the line, it's going to find us, and it's going to be this whole thing that we got to get away from at that point. So, yeah, it's it. 
Like every time, that's one of the things actually as I'm writing it and I'm thinking about everything, I I do actually get a little scared of, for the characters during that writing process. Because I'm like, yo, this thing is, is terrifying. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> When it comes to writing the show and stuff, because obviously, like like you mentioned, like you are the the writer of everything that's, that's going on with Head of the Ashes. Um, do you have like a process when you kind of want to get into that writing mode? Or are you someone you can just sit down and and start writing? Yeah, um, I do actually. I have a so when I when I start writing it or start having ideas, I have this board that I put note cards on, and I just put a note card on that whenever I have an idea that falls in line with uh, what's going on with them. And so on that board, I put down the ideas, and then after the idea is put on there, then. Uh, once it's the whole timeline is done, then I'll start writing the first draft, trying to understand the the process of what they're going through. And then, then it just goes through the drafts after that point. Uh, there's a lot of research in there because every time I bring in a, a new creature, uh, I, I want something that mostly people haven't heard of. Like this next season everything is something that normally isn't used too much. So uh, there's creatures in there that is just like, oh, even I haven't really heard too much about certain things. Even um, actually the the person that we go up against in the season finale of this season that just passed, uh, I didn't really know about that person too much either until I, I did the research and brought it in. But even with uh, this person, there's a like I bring it on a twist to the point where it's like, uh, yeah, it's it's this way. Or matter of fact, this demon is this way. But, you know, there's a story behind why it's this way. So. Being able to have that creative common, so to speak, where you can take something that's technically been created and then you can kind of morph it into what you need to fit yeah. the, the universe. Yep. Yeah. It's freaking awesome. It always always fascinates me to hear people's process. So when you're when you're writing and you're looking at your board, like do you do like a per episode type thing? And you just or do you just kind of like write the story and then turn them into a script for an episode? Um, no. Yeah. So I'll write the, the episodes. So I write like the entire season, each episode all the way down. I actually got the first four episodes in the next season already like written for the first draft and, uh, each episode I write it. And then, you know, once the full season is done, I send it out pretty much. Yeah. That's awesome. How, how much time do you would you say you probably put into each episode or the season overall? I gotta imagine. It's so just- <laughs> it, it's it's so the first season, the prologue season, didn't take long at all. Uh, and really, I just say that's because I wasn't really like sure about how everything worked out with that. The second one actually took me about two months to write. Uh, but this season, the, the next season is actually going to take me probably about double that time because uh, each 
episode is probably going to be around 35 to 40 minutes. Uh, whereas the season that just passed, each episode was probably around 25 minutes long on average. So it, it's a lot more description. Like I said, they they start going into like background and talking about what happened in the past. And there's a lot more character development as well as trying to survive in all of these episodes uh, for the next season. So. That's awesome to hear because that's that's something as a fan that as I'm listening, I'm like, man, like that's what I want to hear about, mm-hmm. right? I want to hear more about these characters that I'm getting to care about and want them to survive. But it's like, well, who's well, what, what's up with these people? Like, what, what's a little bit about their history? So yeah, that's that's yeah. cool. That's cool to hear. I'm all for character development when it comes yes, to yes. stuff and like I, that. I feel like that's important, you know, because you got to, like you said, you got to care about the characters and what actually happens to them. And uh, that's pretty much like what I, I want to make sure happens. So like the uh, I the first three episodes of the next season, I really wanted to make sure I bring in the the uh, the character development for Captain Scott, Vanessa Walters, and the Sergeant to make sure because we really don't really know too much about them other than the fact that they were on Project Tempestus and everything got fucked up. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They were on it and everything got fucked up. That's that's just like the the quick, you know, there was a project, shit's fucked, the world ended. (laughs) (laughs) I used to be a t-shirt first. That's That's awesome. That's fantastic. Um, I have to ask just like a super real question with you for a second. Obviously, I say this kind of tongue in cheek, but uh, were you prepared at exactly how much work an audio drama was going to be when you started? Like, did you have an idea of how much work it was going to be? Or were you kind of like, as you were going like, holy shit. (laughs) Yeah, no, I had no idea uh, what actually, how much work went into this. Uh, uh, So like I said, when I first did it as a screenplay, it was, you know, oh, you write it and you just kind of like do what you need to do with it. But uh, when it came to the audio drama world, it was like, okay, so now you got to focus on all of these other things. And I, I didn't, I don't really have like a team uh, behind me to do those types of things. So really it was not only understanding all the stuff that kind of goes into it as far as sound effects and equalizing and making sure everybody sounds like they're actually interacting with each other and directing it and all this. But then, you know, now I, I got to learn <laughs> all, of, all of the stuff and sound design and all of this, which I kind of like pick up on as I'm going. Uh, so, yeah, no, I was not prepared for the amount of work that goes into <laughs> it. But as I got into it and started doing it more, I, I started building like a love for, you know, the whole thing because it, it is kind of like bringing everything to life. So I, I really started enjoying it even more at first in the beginning, like uh, when I first started, I was like, oh, man, I don't I don't know if I want to keep going now. <laughs> but um, I, I was I'm, I'm definitely not one of those people to, to start something and then just be like, oh, I'm not going to do it. And so as like I said, as I kept going, really started enjoying the process. That's awesome to hear. It's definitely a lot of work. Like I've I've done a couple like little like narration-y type shit, just like for like Halloween specials and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Like even to do it in that format, it's like this is 
hours and hours of work for like a 15 to 20 minute long piece of audio. Yeah. And when it comes to sound design, like that's something that I think you right off the bat, as because I am such a big fan of sound design and theater of the mind and stuff like that. That was something that I think considering that it was something that you didn't really have a lot of experience with, with the sound design. Like, I think you knock it out of the park. Like your sound design yeah, is you. really good. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's impressive to hear that, that you were kind of like learning as you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Cause like the, the, the first times I was doing it, I, I listened to it and I was like, something doesn't sound right. I don't know what I'm doing wrong here. <laughs> so yeah, I, I started really learning it and I, I'm really, I feel like I really did start getting better. Like during the second season, understanding the tempo. I think that was the biggest thing that I kind of wanted to learn is understanding tempo and how to make sure that, you know, it, if there's a pause, like something like portraying what is actually going on in the scene so that it doesn't just feel like, you know, people are just standing there staring at each other or something along those lines. So, right. uh, yeah, I, I really wanted I was really interested and wanted to learn all of those things. Having that, but also understanding that you got to let shit breathe. Yes, That's exactly. something that I'll, I, I know yeah. from stuff I've done in the past, especially some of the early stuff, like just again, just as a fun little hobby thing. Yeah. Like I would, I would like, I'd read through this script or story or whatever that would take me 10 minutes. Cause I'd just be like, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. And then they'd be like, all right, I'm going to throw in a, a, a door closing here. And it's like, mm. clunk. And then I'd immediately start talking. Like it, it's thinking about stuff like that. Right. Like, yep, Oh, well, yep. when someone enters a room, with someone else and they shut a door, they're not going to slam the door shut and turn around and immediately start like, exactly. there's going to be a second or two where they're going to walk yep. up to them and yeah, like stuff like that. Right. Yeah. And that was it. That was, like I said, the tempo, like understanding and making sure I portray all of the actions that go in naturally go into a scene. Like you said, you close the door. It's not like you're automatically going to do something else after the closing the door. So like, I always wanted to make sure I understood and tried to let the, the listener know what's happening. Like even the scene, uh, for, um, for, for get out, um, you know, they open a door, they're trying to be quiet because they don't know where these creatures are. And there's a pause and you're kind of wondering what's going on. The music's going, you don't know. And then Chris all of a sudden says, they're not there. And then that's when everybody starts walking, you know? So I, I like I said, the tempo, I, I really wanted to kind of grasp that idea. And I, um, so I, I really started just, listening to other audio dramas, understanding what they were doing and then uh, making it my own. So. Right. Learning from your peers, so to speak. Yeah, That's exactly. Not taking, stealing from exactly. them. Exactly. Yeah. I think one of the best pieces of advice I ever, well, not even advice, just like this little thing that I, I heard one of the, the best audio drama and sound design guys out there, Jason Wilson from the gray rooms, big shouts to him. Um, I was watching him edit a podcast live on the, his discord and it, there was this scene that he was doing where this person comes in, they're outside in the rain and then they enter a building and shut the door. Yeah. And as he's having them enter, he said, you know what I hate is when I'm listening to a podcast where someone's outside in the wind and the rain and it's storming 
and they shut the door and there's no sound from outside at all. Yes, right? <laughs> like he's he was just like like you think it's just like this magical thing. I mean, obviously it's not going to sound the same. Yeah, but yeah. He's like Yo, like, where's the rain on the roof? Where's the wind howling exactly, outside? Like, he's yes. like, at least give me a little bit. He said it was this little throwaway thing he said. And I was like, holy shit. Like, you're right. Yep. Like, and I was thinking back to stuff I've listened to in the past. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, oh, coming from the cold outside and they shut the door and all of a sudden there's no wind or anything. And it's like, yeah. Like- yep. <laughs> and that's one of the, the oh, that is definitely one of the things that uh, I, I really definitely was trying to like, make sure I stayed true to is like, you know, if they go inside, you'll, you'll hear a little bit of wind still, or, you know, if, if there's something going on outside, uh, like in the season finale of this season, um, you still hear, the drums in the distance as they're walking away. It's not like, Oh, here's a new scene where they're away from everything. So it's just not heard. You know, you still hear things going on. Yeah. That's, that is a huge thing. That's actually <laughs> some good, uh, a good thing to say for a lot of people. Yeah. It, it's <laughs> such a, and that that's cool. Cause it's like, it's such a, it, ha- and it happens all the time, even in like film. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, that's something that even for actors and voice actors, like, you know, I I can't remember the name of the actor who, who said this. Oh my goodness. I'm going to draw a blank on his name. Oh no. He's, he's a super talented actor. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to find him. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I feel so bad because this is a really good piece of advice, but he, he said, um, he said, breathing is one of the most, underrated tools that a actor or voice actor can have in their repertoire. Because if you're in a scene where you're running away from something or whatever, you're running up a flight of stairs or something. And then the next scene, you're just like, okay, let's move on. It's like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) you just ran up a flight of stairs. I don't care how good a shape you're in. You're going to be like, (laughs) all right. Like, and I remember him saying that and I was like, Holy shit, he's right. Like, yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Things like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that awesome. makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned about uh, some kind of checking out other audio dramas just to kind uh-huh. of to, to learn from. Were there any in particular that you kind of want to give a shout out to that really you were a big fan of that kind of. You yeah, you know, um, I really. Well, one is We're Alive. That one, uh, a lot of people know about that. A lot of people even consider it like maybe even like the gold standard of uh, of audio dramas. Um, I listened. That was actually the first one I listened to. I didn't even know like podcasts and audio drama was a thing until I don't even know how I found out about it. I can't remember. It just kind of like came out of nowhere. And then I listened to it. And that's what really like got me into the whole audio drama thing. Uh, so I listened to that one and kind of studied it after, uh, after I released the, the first, the prologue season. And, um, then I was, then I realized like something really wasn't sounding right with everything. So I went back and I I really started like studying it all. Uh, so we're alive was pretty much the main thing, but right now, as I listen to even more audio dramas, there's stuff like uh, A Voice from Darkness, 
that I listen to as well that keeps me going. Uh, there was uh, Q Code had a few. I don't really I I listen to Q Code, but a lot of times I I'm like I don't even want to try to get invested in a lot of their shows because they only do like a couple episodes and then they're like oh that was it like they don't do anymore after like our first season. Uh, but they had uh, the left right game that I listened to, and while uh, what else was there? There's a, a few. Oh, Haunted House Flippers. I listened to them and they have uh, some good pacing because they have like a, a comedic feel for them as well, as well as like the they bring in like a, a thriller type of thing in their stuff. And um, there's there's so many that I listen to that inspire me to kind of keep going and keep advancing in what I'm doing with with the show to, to make it better each time. Yeah, we're alive is definitely a um, one that's so interesting because it's it isn't around anymore, right? Like it's it's yeah, been, no, yeah, it still is a very good listen even now, exactly, um, yeah. And that's it's funny because the Rusty Quill Network they have another um, podcast uh, called the Magnus Archives. Oh which, yes, 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 I which. I, I had to stop listening to it after a while because I, I got like so invested in it. And then I was kind of like, nah, like this is getting to be a little, it's like, okay, now every, it's like, it started, yep. it started getting a little too like, okay, now mm. this main guy is like this supernatural, like, exactly. I, yeah, I like it yeah. a little bit, but it's like, okay, now he's like this all, it's like, okay, come on, man. He like, was like, yeah, this all powerful. He thing. was relatable. Yeah. Like yeah, leave yeah. him relatable. Right, like yep. give give him some powers and stuff like that. Like that's cool, but like, yeah. does he need to be this all powerful <laughs> being who can't? Like, it's like, come on, man! Like, just ah, yeah. you lost me. But anyway, I love uh, the Magnus Archives. The thing, yeah. what I um at first I stopped listening to it because I didn't really it didn't really like draw me in. And then um, I kept hearing people say, Oh, you got to give it a chance. Like once you get past these certain episodes, it gets, starts getting really good. And so I was like, okay, well, let me go back, check it out. And um, yeah. So then I, I, I started at the episode I did. I ended at, I was like, okay, now I see what's going on here. I get it now. Yeah. Like it's definitely a slow burn. The Magnus archives is a slow burn. <laughs> it is. And you know, the episode that got me was because at first when I listened to it, I was like, okay, like it's very British and it's very proper and posh yeah, and, and that's yeah. cool. But like, as a, you know, as a Canadian redneck from a small town, it's like, sometimes <laughs> I'd be like, what are you saying? Like, what, like, what, yeah. what are you, what are you guys talking about? But there was an episode called upon the stair okay. and it has this little poem in it that he recites a couple of times and it's just oh, like, yeah, yeah. I was like, what? Like it was actually like hor- terrifying me. Yes, and I was I like, remember that one okay, okay, this, this, the, 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 the <laughs> I can't remember the gentleman's name who, uh, voices Jonathan Sims. What is his thing? I, I got, I got, uh, uh, oh yeah. Jonathan Sims. Duh. His real name is Jonathan <laughs> Sims. Sorry. Uh, like I was like, okay, this guy is, is, is next level talented. Yeah. Yeah. Big show. Magnus archives. That is, uh, yeah. Did you ever get yeah. into like the 
like the horror story narration podcasts, like the no sleep and creepy and stuff like that. Or? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I did start listening to a, a few of those, um, no sleep actually really good. Uh, what was it? Lore. Have Lore's you ever listened great to Lore? too. Yeah. yeah. Lore. I've listened to that one. Uh, there's actually some newer ones like delivery podcast. I listened to that one. Uh, so yeah, I at first I wasn't really too big on it, but then I I started listening to a few of them and I was like, okay, this is this is actually pretty good. So yeah, I do, I do like them. That's awesome. There's so much content out there in like the horror audio drama world and the horror narration yes. world. Like there's a lot of meh stuff out there, but then there's a yeah. lot of really really good stuff out there, like exactly. your show. You know, yeah, and, <laughs> and it's it's so cool to to learn about kind of where this all came from and everything, uh, and just as it's it's been great getting to chat with you. And just as we kind of get ready to wrap it up here, uh, there was just a couple of things I wanted to ask about. Uh, number okay. one, you mentioned a little bit about you know obviously about like the the Daily Empath podcast and what you guys do with that. Yeah. So have you had? any actual like paranormal experiences happen to you? Yeah. Um, actually in, in the house that I was just telling you about earlier, there was a few things that did happen in there. Uh, and it happened to me and my brothers, uh, whenever we were in the house in certain parts, uh, it would all of a sudden get like really cold in certain areas in the house and at the time, like none of us really knew what that meant. But, you know, as I get older and started learning all this stuff, I was like, oh, wow. Like a lot of things that happened there started making more sense. I wonder I who that older. used to be. Like- yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, in that house, that's where everything, every encounter I've ever had pretty much happened. After that, nothing. I haven't really encountered anything. My wife and I are... Um, we're actually getting into investigations and stuff now. Nice. So uh, hopefully I'll be able to encounter more of those things later. Uh, but yeah. I don't have the, I don't have the balls to do paranormal investigations. <laughs> so I, I applaud you on that. Cause I have yeah. no, I'm just like, Nope, I'm good. Like what happened in that house? Nah, I'll yep, stay out yeah. here. You guys have fun. Like yep. I'll, I'll stay here and listen to my podcast. I'm good. Like I don't mm. need to. It, yeah, that house was nuts. Like I said, cold spots. We would hear things moving uh, at night. And, you know, we would tell our parents and they would just be like, oh, it's nothing. You'll be OK and stuff like that. But no, it was like hearing like chairs slide all the way across the floor type movement mm-hmm. and everybody's upstairs. So like me, we were just we were terrified staying in that house. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm good. I, I don't need any of that happening. <laughs> I've had my own situations yeah. in that. Obviously, a story for another time. But yeah, like yeah. I, I have had shit happen to me that is uh, <clears throat> not fun. So yeah. I'm good. I don't go seeking that stuff out anymore. Yeah. <laughs> That's you know, it's funny too because like we're gonna do the investigations, but I'm pretty sure like my wife is gonna be the same way, scared, like when to be like, okay, now nah, let's go. <laughs> like the second you feel something that's like yeah okay i i think very very recently i was at, i'm a school custodian i was at a school outside of my town i live in so it was a really small school kind of yeah. out in the middle of nowhere and i was the only one in the school and it was like 
7.30 at night. It wasn't that late, but I'm walking through this school that I'd never been in, and it was an older school. And I'm walking and walking, and all of a sudden, just like frigid cold hit me. All the hair on my body stood up, and I went, (laughs) who was that? (laughs) Like, and dude, like, I, I still had a couple hours of my shift left. Yeah. I packed up my shit, shut off the lights, locked the door, and I went home. Wow. And I called my boss and I said, I'm I'm sorry, I had to leave. Yeah, yeah. And I was nah. just like, I don't even care. The the <laughs> feeling I had that went through me, I was like, yeah. no. Like, nope, yeah. not happening. <laughs> no way. And my wife was making fun of me. She's like, You probably were under a cold air vent. I'm like, if you can find a cold air vent that makes me feel like that, I'll buy it and put it in my house. Yeah, because okay? like, like a second under it? No, there's yeah, no way. dude. Oh, it was just <laughs> like all the – and I, I had a big beard at the time and like even like my beard hair like started to like – Wow. Frizz. I was yeah, like, nah. this is no – no, I'm That's out. I don't need this. <laughs> what, whatever being that was is no. Exactly. I'm out. They can have this. that. They can have that spot. Yeah, I'm good. I don't need it. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Do you have a out of all the episodes that have been released so far for Out of the Ashes, do you have a favorite episode that you can point out or yo um you know what? I was just talking with my wife about this one and there's a few that I that I really love and I don't know if I can choose just one, but the so the Halloween episode from this season, uh, I really enjoyed because it brought like the the Irish it brought Irish folklore into the story, and so I got an actor who actually you know spoke with an Irish accent, and we started bringing in like the stuff like the Tuata de Danan, which is like a bunch of mythical items that have certain powers uh within that folklore uh so I, I really enjoyed that one but then there was also the um which one was that one called the deadly allies or can't remember the, the title for that but an episode where we brought dangerous dangerous allies we brought uh baba yaga into that one uh that episode uh because the the main antagonist up until, you know, the final season uh, is seeking Baba Yaga's help to do certain things. So I really enjoyed that one. And then there's the Christmas episode from this year where I kind of changed the, the idea behind certain things like uh, the 12 days of Christmas song. Uh, So, that one I really enjoyed as well. That's fantastic. Uh, it, it sounds like you're a big fan of kind of twisting things that are. Oh yeah. And, yeah. And yeah. That's cool. That's cool. I dig that. <laughs> twisting things around. And I'm a big fan of Baba Yaga as well. So yeah. That's, uh, that's oh cool. yeah. 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 That, that I really did enjoy that one. Uh, like I said, well, I think the main thing for that one for me was the sound design of that whole episode bringing that all together and then the pacing and just their interaction with each other throughout the episode was a big thing for me. That's badass. Well, you've got a fantastic show. I can't wait to, you know, for the next season and to, to finish out 
season two here and for the next season and to just keep watching this show grow because yeah. I think like you've already said, like I'm even seeing just going through season two, the progression that you've made as a sound designer and as a producer and a writer. And like, it's so cool to see. And I love being able to listen as a podcast grows. And I think you've already got a, a badass show and I'm so excited to get to have you on to talk about it. Thank you. Thank and you. I can't wait for, uh, for what the future holds for out of the ashes. Thank you. Yeah. Where can the good people find Out of the Ashes and Unknown Square Productions and also the Daily Empath if they would like to check out some oh, of the content? Um, so it's all, yeah, all part of Unknown Squared, but Out of the Ashes, you can go to um, www.outoftheashespodcast.com. Uh, pretty much all of our stuff is there. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's um, O Ashes Podcast. On Instagram, it's Out of the Ashes Audio um and pretty much uh I, I pretty much live on those two instagram and uh twitter and i'm always updating the the website now for the daily empath that's pretty much the same thing on twitter it's uh empath daily if you want to follow us there and um you can also go to the dailyempath.com there where we always talk about the things that we're doing there's also uh links to the show and we're we've kind of been on like a little hiatus but yeah we're, we're getting back into episodes now i got two that i'm working on right now editing so those will be put out soon uh and yeah and then unknown squared is pretty much oh for unknown squared i've actually got two more shows that uh one is actually in the process of uh i just finished casting all the lines are being sent in right now and that's a a sci-fi horror about Ooh. aliens um, coming to Earth and depopulate, depopulizing the Earth during the hunting season of human hunting. And uh, then I got a third one that's in the idea stage of pre-production right now. That gets me really excited. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I'm all for a uh, yeah, you know, more more sci-fi horror because I think, yeah. I don't think there's enough of that I really don't. That's awesome. <laughs> well, Vincent, thank you so much for the time, man. It's been great getting to have a chat with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's It was a good time. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, brother. All right, folks. There you have it. My chat with Vincent B. Davis of Out of the Ashes. Such a blast getting to chat with him. I've been such a fan of his podcast for a while. It was great getting to pick his brain, learn about his story, and also just share some fun little laughs with him. He's a great guy. And be rest assured, I'm sure you will see him pop up again here on The Harder Show because it was just such a fun, fun time. You can check out Ever to the Ashes wherever you find your podcasts, and I will have a link down below in the description of this episode for a direct link to out of the ashes check it out it's fantastic thank you so very much for listening to this edition of the harder show i hope that you enjoyed it if you did be sure to hit that subscribe button leave a rating if possible a five-star rating if you think this show deserves it five-star ratings help this show grow and climb the charts so more people can experience the harder show and discover my conversations with fantastic guests such as vincent b davis and if you would like to support the show in other ways you can check us out on the social media we have facebook instagram and twitter all under the harder show and if you would like to come on the show you have a comment or maybe someone you'd like for me to have on the show you can hit me up anytime on social media 
Or you can also hit me up anytime in the email at thehardershow at gmail.com. Be sure if you are on Discord to check out the Harder Show Discord. We have so much fun on there. As I am actually recording this, I'm getting ready to jump on the Discord for some live editing of this episode. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Plus other just ridiculous shenanigans that take place over on the Discord. It's really a wonderful little community that I'm building over there on the Discord. And I hope that you will become a part of it. You can find the Discord link for the Harder Shows Discord in my link tree, which is you can find on my Instagram page or just direct message me and I will send you the join link for the Discord. And if you would like to support the show, maybe a little more, consider becoming a member of the Harder Show Patreon family, a hothead. If you do so, you will get exclusive content you know I'll not find or hear anywhere else, behind the scenes stuff, exclusive Discord channels where I will do post funny things and behind the scenes stuff and also live content. You will also, depending on if you join at the $5 or above a month tier, gain access to the Tapes of Trepidation, which is a horror narration podcast I do strictly for my Patreon. I'm getting ready to record the next episode of that, and I am so very excited. We have a lot of fun over on the Patreon, and I'm hoping that you will maybe consider joining. And on top of some great content, you will also get a little shout-out at the end of every single episode of The Harder Show, just like my friends here at The Harder Show Patreon. First and foremost, we have the OG Harder Show patron, my man, Mr. Scotty D. Scott, thank you so much for all of your support over the years and also your friendship. You know how much I love you. We, of course, have the Grey Rooms podcast, which if you listen to my podcast regularly, you know the Grey Rooms is my favorite podcast, not just because they are patrons, but they were my favorite podcast before they were patrons. And now the fact that they support this podcast is just amazing. They are the best horror audio drama podcast out there. Check them out. They're getting ready to wrap up season four. Just some of the best audio drama work out there. Go check out the Grey Rooms. It is absolutely amazing. Humongous shout outs to the entire Grey Rooms team for their support of this podcast. We, of course, have my buddy Ronan Kumori. You can find Ronan hanging out on the Harder Show Discord, mostly in the jam space because he posts a lot of great music on there. Ronan is an awesome dude and has a phenomenal taste in music. So, Ronan, thank you so very much for your support now of The Harder Show, which he has been a patron for two months now. So I hope that you've been enjoying the exclusive content, and I know that he's been enjoying the tape's trepidation because he messaged me and let me know. So, Ronan, thank you so very much for your support, my man. We, of course, have Wolf Delta Pi, who is a good buddy of mine and a badass, badass human being. Thank you so very much for your support of the show. Even though Wolf is a uh, a fairly new patron, he has already given me some fantastic feedback on the Tates of Jeffrey podcast, and I hope that I can continue to live up to your expectations, my good man, with the Tapes of content and all of my other Patreon content. We, of course, have Eric Phones, who is another fairly new patron, but Eric is an aspiring voiceover artist and already is just amazing. And something tells me you may or may not uh, hear him in the future at some point on the Tapes of Jeopardation. So stay tuned for that. Eric, thank you so very much for your support 
of the Harder Show Patreon. You know how much I appreciate it. I tell you as such. Thank you so very much, brother. I very much appreciate you. And of course, last but not least, we have my good buddy, Mr. Arthur Unk, who you may recognize that name if you're a listener of the Grey Rooms podcast because he is the writer of the Grey Rooms. He's been involved with it for a while and now is, uh, has kind of taken over as the head writer. So huge congratulations again to Arthur on that. Arthur has been a fantastic supporter of this podcast for a little while now and has now joined the ranks of the Higher Show Patreon. So Arthur, thank you so very much for that, my man. You know how much I appreciate you. And if you would like fun little shout-outs like that, at the end of every single episode of The Hotter Show, consider joining the Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash The Hotter Show. We have a $1, $5, and $10 tier, all of which have different rewards, but joining at at least the $1 tier will get you a shout-out as well as some uh, some fun little behind-the-scenes type content and uh, maybe some live streams, things of that nature, if you do join the Patreon. So check it out. I very much appreciate all of your guys' support. I appreciate your support, even if you are not on the Patreon. If you are still listening to this right now, seriously, thank you so much. You are the best. I'm going to hit you with the new thing here on The Hotter Show. It used to be the audio fist bump. Now, it's the audio hug. Come on, bring it in. Bring it in. Come on. Okay. That This is what's happening. I know. I know it's weird, but just just embrace it, man. Do you feel it? Do you feel my love? You should. <laughs> oh, I do some dumb shit here, but either way, thank you again for tuning in. Be sure to hit that subscribe button if you enjoyed this episode. Leave a rating if possible. Check us out on the social media, and I will catch you next time on The Harder Show. Take it easy, guys.